What is going on, guys? And welcome to episode three of Listen Whilst You Step. And today you have just got me. And we're going to be going over a little bit of a Q&A with some of the most regularly asked questions that I get as a coach. Super interesting. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine questions to go through. I'm going to kind of hopefully keep it short and sweet for you all so you can really take a lot of value away from today. Um, so let's just crack on with things. I hope you've all enjoyed the last two episodes. It was good to have Johnny on. And coming up next week, we have got Danny and Will and Johnny on. And we're going to be talking all about your inner circle and how important it is just to surround yourself with awesome kind of like-minded people. But let's not hang around now. Let's get into it. And the first question is, how do I stay on track when eating out? And honestly, this is probably the biggest place that I see people mess up. Because people see the chance of or the occasion of eating out, a time where they just can go off the rails and there's no physical way that they can stay on track. And that is bullshit. You really, really, really can. It just takes being a bit more proactive rather than being reactive. Okay, so it's all about planning ahead of time. We're lucky nowadays that most restaurants have their menus online. So the first thing that I would really would recommend doing is before you necessarily eat anything for that day, or let's go, let's take it back a step. Even if you're starting your week out and it's Monday and you know you're going to be going out on Saturday, okay? I would actually go onto the restaurant's menu and look what you're going to choose. I would then roughly try your best to track it in my fitness pal. Quite often, some of the restaurants will actually have the calories in their menus, especially some of the bigger kind of more well-known chains and branches and things like that. So it makes it super easier. If they don't, just try your best to track something. You're never going to be perfect. Don't worry about not being perfect. Some tracking is better than no tracking. Once you've got that data in there, you can then work the rest of your day backwards around that. So let's say that you had 1,500 calories for the day or you had, let's say, 1,500, make it easy. You know that your dinner is going to be roughly 1,000 calories. That means you've got 500 calories left for the day. Yes, it's not much food, but you know you can get through that because you know you've got a big feed coming in the evening. Again, you've got something to look forward to. As well as that, something which I would really recommend when you're choosing your meals whilst you're out is try your best to stick to whole foods. Reason for this being is that if you have a steak, for example, there's only so much that the chef can do to the steak for him to change it, change the nutritional value, change the caloric intake from that. Whereas... If you're having something like a curry or um, a pasta dish, you don't really have that much an idea of how much, say, cream or butter or pesto, for example, the chef has put into that meal. Where with a steak, a steak's a steak. There's only so much you can do to it. A fillet steak is a fillet steak. Okay? So that's my next thing. Also, what you can do, especially if you can plan ahead. So on a Monday, if you know you're going out on Saturday, you can borrow and lend calories from day to day. Um, let's say that you're on 2000 calories and you know, you're going to have a big Saturday. Let's just take 200 calories off per day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that way, five days, 200 calories left. That's a thousand calories you've saved up in the calorie bank account, as I like to call it, that you can spend on that Saturday. All right. Um, just on that, be, make sure that you don't try and borrow and lend too many calories. The kind of most amount of calories that I would recommend kind of borrowing and lending is going to be kind of 10 to 15% of your calories. 
tops. All right. So if you're on 1500 calories, don't really borrow and lend more than 150, 200 cows. If you're on 200 calories, you could probably afford to borrow 200, 300 calories. All right. Um, and then the other last thing that you can do, if you know you're going to have a big day, is just get out and do some extra steps that day or throughout the week. Be a little bit more active, burn a, burn a few more calories. I will never say go on a damage limitation or try and make up for your kind of going off track or something like that. But we can make sensible decisions moving forward that can help us. Okay. So recapping that, plan it out, look at the menu and kind of log things in and then work the rest of your day about it, back, back about it. Try and stick to whole foods, borrow and lend calories if you need be. And if you know it's going to be a big one, get out and do some extra cardio. Be super active, okay? Right, moving on to the next question, guys. Question two is, what do you do when you hit a fat loss plateau? Okay? And everybody hits a plateau at some point. It's completely normal. And the first place to start here, and this is that some a lot of people get really wrong, is they think they've actually hit a plateau, but they haven't. They've just had a week where their weight has fluctuated. And that is 100% normal. There are a million different things that can cause our body weight to fluctuate from day to day, week to week. Menstrual cycle, stress, hormones, food, digestion, weather, sleep quality. All of these different things play a massive impact on our weight. Okay, So if you have, do feel like you've hit a plateau, just do another week and see if you then see a massive drop. I know for me personally... Sometimes I won't lose any weight for a week or 10 days. And then all of a sudden, bang, big drop. I'll see a kilo drop on the scales or something like that. So just trust that process and see if you actually have hit a plateau. If you really have hit a plateau, the next step, in my opinion, is to look at your accuracy. Okay. It's a hard thing to kind of mention, especially if you're a coach to a client is are you being accurate things is a hard question to ask because everyone thinks they're being super accurate, but you have to be critical of yourself. Is everything that you're eating being tracked? Is your food being weighed accurately? All of these different things, because if it's not amazing, if you tighten up that accuracy, then I'm sure you will kind of break through that plateau. If you are being super accurate with things and you're being consistent with it as well, you're not just being accurate for two days, then having a dodgy day, consistently and accurately tracking your nutrition and your training, hitting your steps and ticking all your boxes, it's then time to make some adjustments. For me personally, I like to adjust output first. When we know we're looking at fat loss, we're looking at energy balance, okay? Calories in versus calorie out. Personally, I like my food. I would rather keep my food a bit higher. I would rather try and burn some more calories to create my deficit. So my first adjustment for most people, including myself, it's just to add 2,000 cows, uh, sorry, 2,000 cows, no, add 2,000 steps a day, okay? If you're not up at 15, 16, 17,000 steps, you've got plenty of room to just add some steps in, okay? Or a little bit of cardio. Once you kind of max out the output that you can do, it's then a case of, right, we're going to have to make some adjustments in terms of the food. But honestly, I think majority of people, just by reining in that accuracy and making sure that they're then consistent with that, that will break through most training plateaus, okay? Um, still speaking about plateaus, another question, which I often get is how to break through, uh, like lifting plateaus, plateaus that you hit in the gym, whether this be in terms of your main compound lifts or your back off exercises. And the number one and first place to start is going to be your recovery. Are you doing too much? Are you recovering from each of your sessions? Can you get into your sessions and go ham? 
give them fucking everything? Or are you still fatigued and sore from your last session? Because if you are fatigued and sore and you're not recovering, you're not going to be able to give 100%. So maybe you're doing too much work. I have made this mistake massively and we touched on it in the last episode when me and Johnny spoke about the biggest mistakes that we have made in our lifting careers. And that was that thinking more is better. There's this big kind of entitlement about, okay, I can do all of this, blah, 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 blah. You don't want to do more. If you can get more from less than win, let's do that. Okay. So maybe you need to back down your training volume. Maybe you need to drop a set off a couple of exercises. Maybe you need to drop an exercise and make sure that you are recovering. Okay. If in terms of recovery, you're still looking after your aspects, like making sure that your food's well, you're sleeping well. Sleep would be the first place I start, to be honest. The ways that you can improve your sleep we'll go into in a future podcast, but I've done plenty of Instagram posts on this. I'm not going to go into it on here because that's a whole podcast in itself. Um, but just make sure that you are recovering well, okay? If you um, are recovering well and you're still not seeing progressions, I would then look at your food. Potentially look at a little bit of nutrient timing, trying to make sure that we do have a decent chunk of carbs kind of pre or post-workout. Are you in a calorie surplus as well? If you're in a deficit, it does become a little bit harder to progress your movements, but you definitely still can. But if you're in a gaining phase, is your weight moving up? Do you need to get more calories in? Okay. Um, now, this is a big one as well in terms of kind of plateaus. Are you resting long enough? Especially when uh, we're getting further through a block of training and training is getting difficult, it's quite fatiguing. We can do a set and it can take a lot out of us. Personally, I think people rush way too quickly into their next set and they're not actually recovered enough to be able to give that next set everything they've got. As JP would say, give the, res the set the respect it deserves. Okay, that's a hard set. Give it some respect and give it everything. Honestly, personally, I think on your main compound movements where you're pushing hard and you're trying to lift the most amount of weight, I think you probably should be having probably upwards three, five, six minute rest, depending on how difficult it is on your uh, accessory movements, your secondary movements, two or three minutes rest is probably adequate, but there's no set time. Go by feel. Is your breathing recovered? Do you feel mentally ready to go and attack the next set? If you are, go and get after it, okay? So recapping there, make sure that you're recovering well and you're not doing too much. Make sure that your food is uh, in a good place. Are you gaining weight? If you're in a deficit, are you looking at some nutrient timing, trying to make sure that you do have a decent chunk of carbs kind of pre-post-workout? Are you resting long enough um, between sets? And then also the last thing I want to touch on in terms of that is are you progressing on movements you're doing before the ones that you're plateauing in? Because if you're plateauing on your secondary exercises but you're still making big strength gains and everything on your main first couple of exercises in the session that's actually you still seeing progression on your back offs because you've had more volume throughout the whole session that's the main goal okay because you doing that when you've done more before it means you're a bit more fatigued when you get to those secondary exercises so if you can do the same amount of reps as you did last week but with more fatigue that's still progression all right. That's about that. I could go on for that for ages. I, I love talking about plateau busting and things like that. But now let's have a little bit of a talk about another question is how important is pre and post workout nutrition? Now, honestly, this is a difficult one because I think people just try and overcomplicate things massively. Honestly, pre and post workout nutrition really, really isn't that important. It's one of the later things that you need to worry about. And you only need to worry about it if you've got all of these other things in line first, okay? 
Honestly, go and read the Muscle and Strength Pyramids by 3D Muscle Journey. Revolutionary, and they're amazing. And I like to use a lot of this with my clients. So we look at a pyramid, okay? Down the bottom, we've got adherence and consistency, making sure that we are sticking to shit and doing it. It's that simple, okay? We've then got our calories. We have to make sure we're nailing our calories. From there, we've got our macros, making sure that we're nailing our proteins, nailing our carbs, nailing our fats. From there, we've got our micronutrients, making sure we're getting our fruits and vegetables in. Then on top of that, again, it's nutrient timing. But until you've got your adherence nailed, your calories nailed, your macros nailed, your micros nailed, do not even worry about your uh, nutrient timing, okay? Work your way up that ladder, and then above that, we've got supplementation, okay? But honestly, it's like a pyramid. You cannot get to the top unless you've got the bottom. If you want to get the most out of these things, make sure you go progressively, okay? If you're not ready for level five, don't go to level five. Make sure you get level one. Pass level one, get to level two. When you get to level two, don't forget you need to have level one as well, though. It comes as a whole package. Oh, I'm talking because I'm getting out of breath here. Um, but yeah, honestly, just don't worry about it too much. I think you're getting way too caught up in the kind of ins and outs of things. Look after your basics and that will get you 99% of your results, okay? A very important one now as we move on to the next question. Um, and that is about the best ways to manage hunger, okay? When it comes to getting awesome kind of fat loss results, the number one biggest thing that gets you results is consistency. And what's the biggest thing that gets in the way of us being consistent in terms of our nutrition particularly is hunger, okay? The ways that I go around managing my hunger is number one, you have to assess the size of the calorie deficit that you are in. If you are in a massive calorie deficit, you're gonna be super hungry, okay? You do not need to be in a massive deficit. When we're talking about the perfect rate of loss, that's going to be around 1% of your body weight per week. Not massive. And we do not need a massive calorie deficit to do that. Okay? So make sure that your deficit isn't too big and you're not letting yourself get too hungry that way. Okay? The goal, particularly when we start a fat loss phase, is to eat as much as we possibly can and still see the results that we want to. Okay? So don't just go and eat 1,200 calories because, oh, yeah, this feels fine because it's going to shoot you in the foot further down the line, okay? If you can get away with eating 1,700 and still seeing results and losing 1% per week, amazing. Do that. Then you give yourself weight, uh, a place to take away from, and you're not going to build up lots of hunger and lots of diet fatigue, okay? As well as looking at the size of your deficit, next thing is uh, food volume, okay? Massively overlooked. I hope you've all seen the kind of infographic of uh, a stomach where you've got vegetables in it and it takes up loads of space. It's really filling. You've got chicken in there. It takes about half the space and then you see fats and it takes up a tiny little bit of space, okay? Think about bulking your meals up with lots and fruits and vegetables and low calorie density foods. So think about eating more food volume, but for equal or less calories. Easiest way to do this is just get more fruits and vegetables in there, Okay that's going to help you feel a lot fuller and a lot more satiated. Okay. Next thing is going to be making sure that you are well hydrated make sure you are drinking enough water. A good general rule of thumb is going to be about one liter of water per 20 kilos of body weight. That's a very good starting point. Don't just jump straight into that because you end up pissing like a racehorse and running to the toilet 24 seven, but that's going to help out with your hunger as well. Next is going to be meal timing, which can actually help with hunger. We've touched on meal timing a fair, a fair bit here, actually. Um, and just having fairly regular eating windows throughout the day that are similar each day as well. 
our bodies work on habits, okay? The habit is the idea of something becoming unconscious. And let's say that we normally eat at eight, one, three, and six, okay? Your body will naturally get hungry at those times. So trying to keep to those as best you can will massively help you out, okay? Your other thing is then looking at things like low-calorie snacks. Low-calorie jellies can help you out. Um, diet coats can help some people out. Some people, they just like set people off. Also, another one which I've just thought of off the top of my head is um, making sure that you have a high-protein diet. Protein is the most satiating of all of our macronutrients. It's the most filling. Making sure that we are getting in around one gram of protein per pound of body weight is also going to massively help that hunger. Okay? Next one, we're going to move on to my best tips to staying motivated. Again, like we said for the last one, when we, went, when we want results, the number one biggest driver of that is staying consistency. Consistency gets results. And not being motivated all the time is going to lead to lack of consistency. Lack of consistency means no results. First off, I want to start this. Nobody is motivated all the time, not even me, okay? And that is completely normal. But what keeps me going is your kind of dedication. And what happens is you have to start like this. You have to have a goal. You have to know where you want to go, okay? Without knowing where you want to go, you have no idea when you get there. There's no milestones. The whole big end goal becomes super unrealistic and it's just not motivating because it's so far out of reach. So having a big goal and then micro goals and small goals along the way to check off keeps you motivating because you can see yourself moving forward. If you want to lose 10 kilos, break that down. 10 kilos. Okay, I've got to lose two and a half kilos four times. Yes, I've lost the first two and a half. Yes, I've lost the second two and a half. Yes, I've lost the third two and a half. Bang, I've lost my 10 kilos. Break it down into bite-sized chunks, okay? As well as your goals and getting crystal clear on those, it's massively important to know your why. A goal is just freaking words without why. Anyone can say, I want to lose 10 kilos. I want to feel more confident. Why the fuck do you want to do that? That sounds ruthless, but why the fuck do you want to do it? Because if your why isn't strong, your goal is just words, okay? Getting clear on exactly why you want to get there is paramount. It's essential, okay? Your why might be because I've got an example, one of my clients, she had a super strong why. She was running around with her grandkids and she couldn't keep up and she didn't want to be a nan who couldn't play with her grandkids. That was her why. That was her driving force. And now she's in the shape of her life and she can do this because she had her goals and she had a strong why. Dig deep. Don't just settle for, I want to lose weight because I want to feel more confident. Why do you want to feel more confident? Is it because when you go to the shop, you can't buy the clothes that you want and that makes you feel self-conscious? Your why is, I want to be able to go in and buy whatever clothes I want so that when I go out on a night out, I can wear whatever clothes I want. I can walk into that club and feel sexy as fuck. Or I can walk down the beach, put my budgie smugglers on and actually feel confident next to my mate. Okay, get clear on your goals and your why. Once you have your goals and your why, the next thing is putting a plan of action in place that's gonna help you get there. I always say to my clients, if you look after the little things, the big thing will look after itself. Your plan is the little things, okay? If your goals are fat loss, what are your little things? It's nailing your steps, nailing your calories, getting your workouts in, staying consistent, getting your water in. It's looking after and ticking each of the boxes each day. For me, if I have a plan, I know how I'm going to get somewhere. 
It's then just, let's freaking go. Let's tick these boxes. Let's go on a journey and let's see how many boxes I can tick. See it as a challenge. How many days in a row can I go with ticking boxes? Honestly, results are like compound interest. You start, like you don't see much results to start with, but the more good days that you build up back to back, the more good weeks that you build up back to back, those results just come quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. So goals, why, plan. From there, it's accountability. It's having someone there to make sure that you get shit done. Even when you don't feel like it, that can come in so many different forms. That can, that can come in the form of literally you simply writing down your goals on a piece of paper with your why and your plan of action. And every single day you have to go and read them. And did you do that? Did you do that? Then look after the little things that you needed to, to get you to close to what if you did put a tick, bang, did it. That's your accountability. If you didn't, you've got to put a cross in there. Okay. Keep yourself accountable. External accountability is even better. You've got a family member or a friend who can help keep you accountable. Text your partner or tell your partner. I really do believe in writing things down. I've read, a, read something once that just by writing down your goals, you're like 70% more likely to achieve them. So either way, write it down, text your partner, text your friend. I want you to keep me accountable. These are my goals. This is why I'm doing it. This is what I have to do each day. And just text them at the end of each day saying, yep, had a really good day. I did this, this, and this. Or bah, didn't have a good day. I did this, this, and this. They'll come back to you and say, okay, how are you going to make the next day better? It can also come in the form of a coach. Having someone to push you when you need to, give you a kick up the ass when you need to, but also there's someone when it times are tough, someone to bounce ideas off and really help you along the way. Also just keep you accountable. Get help from a professional, someone who's better at you than this, someone who's been there and made the mistakes so that you don't have to, okay? Goals, why, plan, accountability, motivation sorted, okay? Next up, two more questions, guys. I know I'm banging through these pretty quick here. We've got why steps and why are they so important, okay? Step, step, steps. Listen whilst you step podcast. Steps are essential and they are the hidden gem of fat loss, if you ask me, okay? When we look at the total amount of calories that we burn throughout a day, so 100% of those calories, about 15, 20% of those come from NEAT. NEAT is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Made very, very simply, the amount of calories that you burn just by moving around and living, okay? Only about 10% of the calories from the total amount of calories you burn in a day comes from your exercise, okay? But everyone puts so much time and effort into their exercise, why doesn't it make sense to put equal, if not more time and effort, into neat your steps how active you are in my eyes if your goals are fat loss steps are absolutely essential okay the other kind of reason behind that is personally i think it is just so good for your headspace get outside get some fresh air switch off listen to an audiobook listen to the listen whilst you step podcast learn i come up with all my best ideas when i'm out in the fresh air and i'm thinking about things and I'm lucky where I live in Jersey is beautiful. And I'm sure where you live, there's lots of nice walks you can go on and things like that. There's cool things to see. You can walk and make it a social occasion as well. Take your family out for a walk. Go with a walk with your mum. Go for a walk with your girlfriend. Go for a walk with your boyfriend. Whatever you want. Make the most of it. Take your dog for a walk. All these different things, it will help massively. Okay? Getting outside and being active also massively helps with our circadian rhythm. Our circadian rhythm is our body's internal clock. And that helps with our sleep quality. Sleep quality helps everything. And again, we will go over sleep in a future podcast. But if you look after your sleep, 
your willpower and your willpower muscle, as I like to call it, your willpower gets tired the more you use it. If you're not tired all the time, you're more likely to stick to things. And what have I kept saying through this? If you can stick to things, you can stay consistent. If you're consistent, you get results. Okay. So neat is basically steps. Steps are important. How many steps? Just more than you're doing. Generally, if you're aiming for 8,000, I would tell you to aim for 10. If you're already hitting 10, try and get to 12. If you're hitting 12, try and get to 14, 15. If you're at 15,000 steps a day, then you're at a pretty good amount. If you are someone who gets 15, 20,000 steps, incredible. If you're getting anywhere between 12 and 15, I'm pretty damn happy with you, okay? You're doing very, very well. Just something quickly on the kind of steps and the step target. Don't worry about kind of having some days where you're under your step target, some days where you're over. Try using a weekly step target. Like we spoke about borrowing and lending calories from day to day when we're eating out. We can do the similar thing with our steps. If we've just got a crazy busy day and you can't get them in, just do some extra over the next couple of days, okay? Don't stress out if you haven't quite hit it. Look at a weekly step target, okay? Guys, that is us, okay? We've had an absolute belter there. Smash through a good few questions. I honestly hope it has really, really helped you all out. Um, if you guys did like the episode, please make sure you share it on your um, Instagram page or anything like that. I'd really appreciate it. If you guys have got any questions which you would like me to go over in future podcasts, please just drop me a message, Instagram message me, whatever you want. Um, and I really appreciate you all listening. Thank you very much. Make sure you share it to your friends and family and everything like that. Again, let's get the word out. I'm going to keep bringing out these every single week. Um, have an awesome weekend and I will see you all next week. Peace out, guys.